Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Check it out. Hey, Al McCoy here, and you are listening to the solar panel, the Phoenix Sun Show. Good morning, everybody. Thank you for joining us. We have taken some time off, and we have a big announcement today, but um, this is your solar panel. Uh, We appreciate you being here. We've got some guests on today, Uh, so let's do the quick intros. I'm sorry, I've lost my voice a little bit. Uh, My name is Dave King. We are uh, the solar panel podcast, and we are joined today by my partner, my regular partner, Zona Hoops. How's it going, man? Good. It's It's been a minute since we've had one of these, uh, so it's good to be back. And I think our last episode was that five-game recap, so uh, it'll be good to kind of talk more about what's happened this season. And, and also, like you mentioned, there is a, a big announcement that we have for you guys uh, later on that we'll, we'll get to in the show. But, uh, but yeah, ready for Team USA to, to get a win. Yeah, that's right. Team USA is starting right about now. The great thing about soccer, as we call it, or football, as the rest of the world calls it, is they actually start when they're supposed to start, and they keep the and they keep the clock running. They actually do a ninety-minute game in exactly two hours because um, there's only a little bit of a halftime. And whereas we do a forty-eight-minute basketball game, and it takes two and a half hours to get through that. <laughs> so. We've got a couple of guests here today joining us. Um, John Voida, how's it going, man? Darth? Doing well. It's it's the Barry White version of Dave King with that deep, raspy voice today. Hey, so baby. I'm, I'm, I'm happy to be here with you. <laughs> and we're joined by PLR, Paul Richardson, a, a longtime friend of the show. How you doing, PLR? I figured I'd outgrade you today. What, what, do, you, what do you think? Hey, that was my, that was my it's goal. It's tough. It's tough to outgrade me, that's for sure. Brandon, to be you usually you have the, the beard going, and so you could be like my my offspring usually, but you've actually shaved it this time. Yep, had a had to go clean cut. So why? Uh, Was it like a no shave uh, November thing? And then you're like, okay, it's December, shave it off or December. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's the end of an era, you know. So I had to start clean. We have a big announcement today, so I was like, you know what? Screw it. It's gone. uh no good in the chat good morning coach fallen founder big warthog no good um you were just watching voida less than 12 hours ago how was that post game pod last night john voida after losing to the rockets dave it was a lot of me taking blame i've covered 
the Phoenix Suns now for what six games this season. They're one in five in the games that I cover. Five of their seven losses have comes in games in which I'm writing the recap for brightsideofthesun.com. So it was a lot of me just accepting the fact that maybe it's a me thing. It's me uh, <laughs> understanding that the Houston Rockets did a really good job of coming in with a game plan and doing their best to negate DeAndre Ayton and being pestering. And so it, it was a lot of just going down those avenues of self-pity. Well, let me let me pile on there. So their record, your their record with you doing the recaps is one in five. What's Fact. their record when you're not doing the recaps? They're fifteen and two. It's like not fair. <laughs> it's not fair. I got the fifty-one was... point uh, Booker game on Wednesday. I was like, you know what? I'm on a heater. Let's keep this thing going, babe. I, I was I'm, trying I'm, I'm, to help you out. I know you were. Oh. I was like, uh, I've got this recap, but you know what? Voida needs an easy win. We're playing the worst in the West Rockets. The Suns are on a roll. They seem to not care who their opponents are. I'm going to give Voida this win. Let him do this recap. And I go out to dinner with my family, and I come home, and you found a way to lose a game. I know. They're up 10 in the fourth. I already have, like, the recap written. You know, it's like, hey, good job, Rockets. Thanks for showing up. And then all of a sudden – the Suns fall apart in the fourth quarter. The Rockets continually attack the, the basket. They, and when you give a young team like that an ability to be confident in those moments, they start making – some kid named Matthews hit one three, and it was a massive three. It's like, where did this guy come from? It's like they put a oh. jersey on him from the bench and came mm-hmm. in, hit one shot. and it's, that, Those kind of things happen when I cover the game. So I, I think we've learned a lesson here, Dave. I can do pre. I can do previews and open threads all day. I don't know if I should be doing the recaps. Just saying. Well, you know the Suns can't win 82 games. There has to be some humility. There has to be some drive to win the next game. And so you're just providing that that own. Just don't cover too many of them. That's all. Yeah. Okay. Note. Okay. Noted. Hey, can I ask you a question? You said they just threw a jersey on some kid and hit a three. So was that Lime G. Shamit? Ah. Uh, no. Wrong guy. My so, bad. Did he hit a three last night? <laughs> one of four from Oh, he did make one. All right. Well, that's good. Only so when we're up, you, though. He doesn't hit threes when we're down. Did you get to uh, watch the game last night? I did not. I did. Uh, you know, it, it seemed like a, a great game until it wasn't. Uh, it was just it was like the anti-Suns, it felt like, where normally they close those young teams out. And, uh, you know, I think, you know, it's a regular season. Stuff like that's going to happen. I you know, especially when you're shorthanded, no CP3, uh, being down as many wings as they are, that definitely hurt them, I think, defensively. And uh, just the way that game was officiated was pretty funky as well. So a lot of weird stuff happened. Just, you know, I'm not too worried about it, though. There's been a lot of people uh, wanting the Suns to play a bigger power forward next to DeAndre Ayton. They want somebody with size, somebody who can rough people up. So the Suns started Dario Saric last night, who is a bigger power forward. He's a backup center. They did the Twin Tower thing. Tell me, uh, John Voida, the fan of big men, fan of big lumbering big men, tell me how that went for Dario. It's the wrong team to do it against because Dario has zero lateral quickness, and you have a team of young I mean, four of their starting five are lottery picks in the last four years, and they're just attacking the rim. So they realized once lumbering Dario Sartz was out there, we can attack the the cylinder at will, and that's what they started to do. DA gets stuck on an island. 
he starts to get in foul trouble early. Now he does. He, now Sun sort of why isn't Da getting touches? Because he's sitting on the bench. So it was while I like to see some semblance of uh, two big men at times. I don't know if Dario Sharch is the right guy to be doing when you're playing against a young, feisty Houston Rockets team. Okay, so you're you're just going to hold firm to that Twin Towers belief no, I, and. and... Monty needs to make adjustments and do it at the right times. I think that this should have been a Damian Lee game at the four. It I really that's should what have. I been. put on Twitter. I said and you were right. Damian Lee starting. You were right. There's but there's certain situations where I feel like even a Jock Landell. I feel like this is more of a Jock Landell. Dario Sarge has had zero play time in the past three weeks for the most part, and you're putting him out there in the starting five against a young Rockets team. It just it was one of those interesting moves that. Monty Williams made now granted Dario played 21 minutes and he was the highest plus minus on the team with a plus 10 so it's like you can't really blame Dario Sharch in this situation but I don't think it was the right way to set the tone and again even even with that being said Dario played zero minutes in the fourth quarter and that's when the Suns blew their lead so it's not how you start it's how you finish and they just didn't finish this game and again as as Brandon referenced the officiating was ass Hey, PLR, you are also a big fan of playing the big men. Uh, so Coach Fallen Founder in the chat says, set me straight, set DK straight on, on Twin Towers should be the way the Suns go. I have no problem with, with two bigs playing. I think it's a good thing. I just didn't like Dario playing last night the, the way he was used. I thought it set the wrong tone for What way for was he used? Well, uh, I'm I'm gonna I'm in agreement. You can't play him against a bunch of quicker, faster, young whippersnappers. It it, it wasn't the right game. It, it was a, it was well, this a, is the NBA. Isn't everybody quick, fast whippersnapper? Not no. Dario. No, Dario's not a quick, fast whippersnapper. So tell me it, the it, team. Tell me the team that he's perfect to play against. And, and Minnesota be more than half. Minnesota. Well, now Cat is um, on the, right, the shelf. But I'm saying that's the type of that's the type of team that you use him against. There was something going. There was a flow. So you're uh, a coach, PLR. I'm sorry to yes. interrupt you, but you're a coach. Do you change your starting lineup every game based on the other team's starting lineup? I change my lineup based on if I have an injury or who's out. If Cam Johnson is ready, uh, there's no changing of the lineups. But if I have someone injured, yes, I'll start my lineup to adjust to who I'm playing who's going to be better for me. So if one of my starters are out, naturally I'm going to start my lineup. Because who's ever in this lineup now is going to go back to the bench when Cam Johnson comes back anyway. Yeah, I think one thing we have to accept as as fans of this team is that Monty Williams is a man of stubbornity. I'm going to make up that word. The stubbornity. He knows what he wants. Yep. Darth, I am going to die on this anti-double big hill, at least in terms of Monty Williams' schemes. Look, he has particular schemes he wants to play offensively and defensively. It's a little difficult for us to complain about those schemes since the Suns have won more games than any other team in the league in the last three years with Monty Williams at the helm. So it's it's tough to immediately throw the baby out with the bathwater, so to speak, which is, has always been an incredibly creepy comment. But, but yeah. it's been around for 100 years. Um, and tired of that one today. Before they had drains, apparently, because you don't throw the bathwater out. Um, so, but anyway, that's been around for a long time. 
you don't just throw away your schemes because of one bad game. And I know P Dog is just going through it in the chat. I feel for you, P Dog. P Dog 006. Um, you want the Suns to make trades. You want to make the make major changes after that loss. It's it's tough. It's tough. But you know what? The Suns are still number one in the West. Um, but what Monty Williams does is he trusts in his scheme. He trusts in who he wants to uh, play. I think it's interesting. There's he's made two moves in the last week. Um, he put he um, moved Bismack Biombo into the primary backup center role and put Jock Landale um, on ice after a good start to the season. And then starting Dario when Tory Craig and they got down to their fifth need for power forward, but Dario had barely played in a month. So what do you think? No, I don't love Hakeem work types P dog. You don't know what I love. That is not what it is. Not what I love. <laughs> um, Hakeem work is basically Dario, um, Without the, you know, I don't know. Anyway. Without the big butt. Yeah, correct. There you go. Without the big butt. Um, so, anyway, we've seen we've seen uh, Bismack come out of mothballs. We've seen Dario come out of mothballs. The reason for that is uh, what Monty's done every single year. At some point in the year, he decides someone's going to get a rotation spot that hasn't had a rotation spot to see if they can prove themselves. Even though the dude they, they lost their rotation spot to is still really good and has played well. What do you think about those moves, um, Zona, for um, uh, um, you know, Busy coming in for Landale and mothballing Landale in return, and then Dario starting when, when Torrey Craig goes down? What do you think of those? Mm, it seems a little random sometimes. Like, you know, I don't, Jock, I don't think, did anything to lose his spot. Uh, I, I get the, the matchup situation in terms of, like, some nights Bismack's going to make more sense than Jock, but – um, there's been a few games where I thought Jock made more sense than Bismack recently, and they didn't. They just kept Jock on the bench, so I'm not sure what he did to to piss Monty off. But maybe he's in the doghouse or something. Uh, See, I don't think he pissed Monty off. I really think I, Monty I just either. said, "You know what? Bismack deserves a rotation spot." No, I agree. I, I agree. I'm just saying that, just like in terms of Monty, just randomly does that. It's just something he does. He that, does. You know, he'll try to give other guys a shot, keep everyone ready throughout the season. Uh, like that speech he gave about the bench staying ready, it, it just shows that he's more focused on the big picture than trying to, you know, keep everyone happy on a day-to-day basis. So, uh, you know, that, that's how you lead a group, a locker room, just keep everyone locked in, uh, knowing you're going to get an opportunity at, at some point this season. And it's just kind of a up and down, I would say, for the most part with the rotation. But uh, – you know, I think it's good to experiment as much as you can during the regular season. We've seen a lot more. Uh, this is a little off topic of your question, but just the stuff they're trying with Mikhail, uh offensively. And, you know, last night wasn't a good example of it, but getting DeAndre more involved recently, I think they know that those two guys are huge for if they want to win a championship, they're going to have to produce. So uh, I think there's going to be a lot of experimenting throughout the season, and, and that's totally fine. So real quick, the – the Phoenix Suns have played 22 games this season. How many games has Jock Landell not played in? Anyone have an idea? Without looking? Um, wow, I can look it up really quick. No, don't look it up. I know the answer. I'm, I'm seeing because it's perception, right? Like it feels like Jock's in the doghouse, right? How many games has he not played in? I'd say Nine. four. Three, say three is the answer. Four is going to be my guess. Yeah. yeah, three is the answer. What, what Monty's doing 
is he's made Bismack Biombo the primary backup big. And then what he'll do is he'll bring in Jock Landell at the beginning of the fourth quarter. It's actually kind of a very interesting rotation because what it does is it changes your, your, the defense starts to get lulled into this. Okay. It's DA it's Bismack it's DA it's Bismack. And then you bring in almost a shot in the arm, a steroid, if you will, into the beginning of the fourth, that is the energy that is Jock Landale. And we've seen it kind of sway the the way of the game a couple times this season. He's not getting massive minutes, no, but he's getting these minutes that are catching the defense somewhat off-guarded because he hasn't been in the normal rotation for the first three quarters. And if you look, you know, again at his plus-minus, he'll be plus seven, plus five, plus two. Uh, And I think that it's very interesting that a very interesting – wrinkle that Monty Williams has incorporated thus far this year. Cause I'm, I'm just like you, I'm like, dude, why isn't Jock getting any playing time? It was just a three game stretch where he didn't get any playing time against the Knicks, Lakers and Pistons. Yep. Well, Sad we'll it. see how to, we'll see how, yeah, you just, you just spoke for everybody and now we got nothing left to say. That's, that's <laughs> great on a podcast. You know, what's what's nothing's better than dead air on a podcast. PLR knows this from radio. Silence is golden in radio, right, PLR? You know what you have to do? The uh, He just gave us an opportunity with a strategic pause. Strategic pause, yeah. yeah. Absorb. Reflect. <laughs> well, hey, um, so let's let's do a quarter mark recap. The Suns are 15 and 7. Number one in the West. Um, number two offense. Number two net rating. Number six defense. None of that changed after losing to the Rockets. Um, what? Let's let's do a. What's your takeaways? What are your What are your two most impactful takeaways? What are the first two things that come to mind after the first quarter of the season for the Phoenix Suns? Zona, you go first. So number one is obvious. It's it's Devin Booker. The leap he's taken. I think. Uh, he's right on track to to finish top three in MVP at this point, and obviously it's still early. Uh, lock and change, but you know he's he's showing up, and uh, you know another forty piece in a loss last night. Like the way he's playing right now is just unreal. Just getting uh, the Western Conference Player of the Month, along with Monty getting the the Coach of the Month, was awesome. Um, but I think another thing that's kind of standing out is that you know. This just further speaks to that. This is not Chris Paul's team. Like, I, if you're, they're going to win a championship, he has to realize that. And I think, uh, especially once Cam comes back, like just getting Book, Aiton in that two-man game, and uh, Mikel, the Twins, just getting them going. That's that's going to be how they win a title. I, I said that from the start, from this offseason, that you know, there's they could be better despite Chris Paul regressing, just because of the leaps those guys can take. And we've already seen flashes of that. So I think uh, Booker's, you know pretty much entering his prime at this point. And we're, we're starting to see that. So I think, you know, the best is yet to come. So there's, there's more. Um, and once, you know, the role players come back and he has more weapons, I think it's only going to get better. Yeah. Booker literally just turned 26 years old last month. It feels like he's been in the league a long time. And that's what happens when guys come in the league at 18 years old. He is just now turned 26 years old. He is just now approaching his prime. He's not even all the way there. So absolutely, this is this is Devin Booker's time. That's 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 a huge takeaway. And that this not being Chris Paul's team entirely anymore, or at least not dependent on Chris Paul to get their wins. That is that is huge. Um, Darth, what what are your takeaways? 
Well, the first one I'll take is the fact that we're 15 and seven and we're atop the Western Conference says a couple things, especially considering all the injuries that this team has had. We're without two fifths of our starting five and we're still the best or have the best record in the Western Conference. So there's there's a lot to be said to the depth that we at least myself thought the Phoenix Suns kind of lacked entering the season. We didn't know if Monty Williams, James Jones, if they were ready and, and they did enough to fortify the depth of this roster prior to the start of this season. They're proving us otherwise. Damon Lee has been absolutely fantastic coming off of the bench. He's a, he's a flamethrower. Uh, Josh Okoge in some spurts can pr- provide some really good defense. Landry Sham has been hurt as well, but he's had some some defensive shining moments. I just think that the, the depth of this team has been really pl- uh, a pleasant surprise for me. But it also shows you that the Western Conference still is kind of in dis- – it's discombobulated, right? I mean, the Suns are – what first in the West, but I think they're two and a half games from being the sixth seed or something like that. So there's still a lot in flux early on through the season. The second thing that I've taken away early in the season is DeAndre Ayton. He's maturing in front of our eyes. You know, uh, uh, Dave, we were at media day together. PLR, we were there as well. And when when DA came in the room, he was you know he he was kind of light and fluffy with somebody he was talking to. Then he turned and he just he put on that stone cold face. And we were all kind of questioning, you know, what what's going on with DA? Because he looks like he, he was he was talking really low. He wasn't really answering anything. He was doing his best Shaq impression. And I think that he's just kind of accepted. And 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 Devin Booker mentioned this in the piece in The Athletic where, you know, DA's really understand that this is a business. He he got his money and he's and everybody's complimenting the work that he's been putting in, that he put in the offseason, that he's putting in in between games. And we're starting to see that finally come to fruition with him getting the Western Conference Player of the Week. So I think that the progression of DeAndre Ayton and the ability to have Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton truly be the cornerstones of this team, the thing that we've been waiting five years for. As Zona mentioned, it's, it's no longer CP3 and Book. Now it's Book and DA. It's early in the season. We're a quarter of the way through, but the things that we've seen from DeAndre Ayton are definite pluses moving forward for this team. Absolutely. And I love your point about the West. It's so wide open, like, the Suns don't even necessarily need to make any, you know, major, you know, like a trade for Durant or like some guy like that. I think the team they have now could win the West. And that's something coming into the season I wasn't sure about, to be honest with you. Um, that's just the landscape of the West right now. I think anyone it's anyone's game, really. It's about who's healthy in the playoffs. So uh, that's that's another thing I, I want to emphasize and kind of throw in there. Hey, um, PLR, I'm guessing you're – biggest takeaway is ted lubin's in the chat in that campaign has been so good he should remain the starter after cp3 returns what do you think well you can't do that uh, you, you, see, <laughs> you gotta go back i saw that you gotta go back to cp3 my my biggest takeaway is i think i said it on this sh- show as well um the suns will hinge on devin booker being an mf it's really just that simple and he has come out this year, and and notice I cleaned that up really nicely too. Yeah, uh, he, he's he's been a true MF, and that's what you need him to be. You need him to to look around nights like like he's been doing. And even though he he missed the shot last night, the game winner, I love the fact that he took it. There was no hesitation. It landed in his hands. He didn't turn his head. He he knew he had to go put the shot. You need someone as your leader with that type of mentality. And we always talk about DA and maturing and DA and maturing. Devin is the person I think that had to mature to the point to say, this is my team. 
get on my back. Let's see how far we can go. Uh, that's my first takeaway. Uh, other, another takeaway is I still do think the Suns need something. There, I, I don't, I don't know what that piece is. I don't know who's out there. I don't know what trade can be made. I know the date is coming where you can start trading for guys who uh, sign deals, but there is a, a piece that's missing um, with this team that I do think they need that I can't quite put my finger on because the West is so wide open right now. It, it's it's hard to see because that piece may not be a piece if someone from another team gets hurt and you may not need to make that move. But I think to beat a team in the East, which I think is going to end up being Boston, you're, you're going to need more than what they than what they have, or you're going to need to see a bigger jump from Mikhail and Cam when he comes back. Hey, man. Um, so in the chat, David Bailey says, CP3 is the sixth man. I'm sure his ego would have no problem with that. You know what? The only sixth man CP3 is happy to be, you know, the only place CP3 is happy to be sixth man is in Kim Kardashian's bedroom. But anyway, stop um, it. Oh, man. I think that's Knew obviously it was coming. Knew it was coming. He going crazy, being a little crazy. It's funny that he says all these things, and yet the one thing we take for real is that one. I mean, because well, we're Suns fans. Like, yeah. We all we know it's all BS. NBA Twitter, too, is having a feel. Some of those memes I was dying at. Like, I have no, I don't know if it's true or not, but look, like, my entire Twitter feed was just filled with that, and I was dying at some of them. So, I love how P Dog just boils everything down to the ability to make a jump shot, and nothing else matters in a game. Let's just hire, let's assign Mello. What could possibly go wrong? Um, look, <laughs> Mello does make buckets for sure, but if you guys thought Dario was a little bit slow and Ole on the guys driving in from the perimeter. You might have a wake-up call. You might look nimble compared to a dude who hasn't been in the NBA all year. Hey, what do you guys think? Let's look around the rest West real quick. Oh, wait. First, let me give you my two biggest takeaways from the quarter mark. And then we're going to look around the West real quick to see who we think are the biggest contenders based on what we've seen. So first thing, yeah, Hito Turkoglu. Good, good job, Coach. Uh, my two biggest takeaways is first, the Suns. They have, they came into this season with this hangover of having been blown out in game seven of the playoffs. They spent the summer in the news because their, their owner was a distraction in being a racist and a, and a, and a sexist and all this stuff. Jay Crowder just left the team. Chris Paul has missed more than half the games. Cam Johnson has missed more than that. So that's three major rotation players. Landry Shamet misses almost half the season. And while you guys may not be a big fan of Landry, he doesn't lose you games unless he shoots seven shots and misses six of them. But he doesn't necessarily lose you games. This is These guys have dealt with a lot of distractions, and they're still at the top of the West. Um, I was listening to uh, Zach Lowe yesterday. He posted with Kirk Goldsberry. They were doing their quarter uh, season um, reviews. If you guys think the Suns are not covered enough in national media podcasts, listen to this Zach Lowe episode. They spent at least 20 minutes talking about the Suns in real terms. Like Zach's, Zach's comments on the Suns are usually around the fact of, I don't really trust them. 
They do. They have a weird offense. They don't. They take the weirdest shots. Blah blah blah. This was a great segment. Listen to watch. Listen to Zach Lowe. It's not like Zach needs me to push his podcast, but a big um, uh, takeaway from Kirk Goldsberry was basically saying, you know what? Ninety-five percent of what we've seen from the Suns for the last three years is this team right here, which is they're just focused. They have a great system. They're the new swallow it down but they're the new san antonio spurs they basically just keep coming at you it doesn't matter who's in the lineup who plays they play the right way they win the games they know how to win no matter who's in the all that and maybe the outlier or the um the unusual that what might not happen again was those playoffs so maybe the team they are who we thought they were and not the team that showed up that that one um uh period of time in the playoffs so we won't know for sure until the playoffs happen but what i took away from this quarter mark is that these sons are going to be one of the top two or three seeds in the west if not the top and they're going to care a little bit less about having the best record and they're going to care more about being right being best and being focused at the end of the year than they were last year so they're going to have the right focus and I, I really do think that this is this team is the team we always thought they were and not the team that fell apart in that last playoffs. That was let's not let team. anybody off the hook, okay? What's that? I said, let's not let, let anybody off the hook this time, all right? Yeah, exactly. We are who they thought they were, and we let them off the hook. Not this yeah, year, right. Please. Yeah, there you go. There you well, go. so you mean that I didn't have to watch NBA Today and hear about LeBron? LeBron being in his twentieth year, fifteen times, and how Luca is has is the best player on a ten and eleven team, thirty yeah. times before we... Zach Lowe actually said one thing nice because I I was I thought you should get a shirt that said you know professional Suns basher so I I'd usually have to get through all that just to get like six minutes of Suns so maybe that that's a nice refresher for him. Well, we all we obviously know there's a big difference, and this is a great segue to the uh, look at the rest of the West. But um, uh, we know that the All Star Game voting by fans has nothing to do with a team's record. How is it going to look this year if all the starters in the All Star Game are from teams that are 500 or worse? We've got a long because way to go to get got, there. I know, but right now. You got Steph Curry, Luka Doncic, and probably two Lakers. That's four of them right there. And none of those teams are comfortably over 500. And yet they'll probably be two starters because of the fan voting. Uh, starters, starters. starters, I don't care about. Bench players, I do. Because the starters are all popularity contests. I mean, there was a year Magic was out with HIV and he was – um, you know, voted voted in as a starter. So I don't care about the starters. What pisses me off is when coaches don't recognize the talent that's out there playing. So I want to know for a fact that we're going to have Devin in a game without without a hesitation. Some of the young whippersnappers that are balling on other teams in the game without hesitation. So that that's more what what I'm looking at than the starters. Starters, I want the fans to pick. I don't give a crap. It, it could be a dude that's played three games. If the, if the fans want him in, it's their starting five. The fans voted in Andrew Wiggins. Last Good. Year. That's all you need Good. to know. 
Yeah. But that's good, though, because it's a fan's game. It's an exhibition. We don't want to make it like baseball uh, was in that stretch where something was inside of that. Oh, man, All-Star Weekend is fun. Let's just have fun. Hey, so you guys don't have the show notes, and I apologize. We got them out, um, didn't get them out. But I'm going to talk about All-Star in a little bit. Look, right now, what I want to do is I want us to look around the West. I'm going to give you a quick recap of what the current standings are. And then I want you guys to tell me who you're most worried about now that you've seen what everyone looks like this year. So Phoenix is first to the 15-7 and seven record. Now we're only 22 or so games in. So the standings are going to be very close. They are going to be very close. You don't really have a choice on that. There's too few games having been played. But the Suns are first in the league, um, with or first in the West with a 15-7 and seven record. And yet, as Darth pointed out a little while ago, the Jazz in sixth are only two and a half games back. So the top six teams in the West, Suns, Nuggets, Pelicans, Grizzlies, Clippers, somehow, even though Paul George and Kawhi Leonard have hardly played, are 13 and 10, and the Utah Jazz, even though they're falling back to earth, they are still 14 and 11 in sixth place. Let's start here. Of those six teams, Suns, Nuggets, Pelicans, Grizzlies, Clippers, Jazz, which ones are going to fall out of the top six by mid-season, which ones are our paper tigers of those six seasons? Let's start with you, Zona. Well, I think the obvious answer is the Jazz uh, falling out. You know, they're I, I do like their team. Oddly enough, they they kind of remind me a little bit of that 2013-14 Suns team, where just an, the island of misfit toys got together and overachieved, and they're pretty fun. Um, they're they're probably not going to win. 48 games like that team, but, but I think, yeah, they're, they're probably the, the team most likely to drop. Um, but honestly, like looking at the rest of the teams in that, that group, you know, Denver, uh, Pelicans, Grizzlies, Clippers, like I think those teams are all going to stick around in that top six range um, with the Warriors making that leap up. So that's, I don't think there's going to be a ton of movement there, honestly. Let's talk about our friends at DraftKings. You guys, you got to sign up. If you haven't signed up yet, you really need to. It's so easy to place bets on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. So, so easy. If you haven't started or if you use a different Sportsbook app, switch over to DraftKings. This is the greatest app out there. NBA fans, the wait is over. Basketball is back. So tip off the season with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. New customers can make any $5 NBA Moneyline bet and get $200 in free bets if your team wins. That's it. And in addition to the usual bets, everyone can boost their winnings up to 100% with DraftKings stepped up same game parlays. So get going on those parlays. The parlays are the funnest thing. Um, the Suns play the Mavericks on Wednesday night. You can make some great predictions on that. And then they play Portland on Friday. And then they, they've got a really grueling first five game stretch. You guys are going to want to at least. Have some money on these games. I think that's that's really important. All right, so let's get into uh, the call to action here. You've got to pay attention right now. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPN. Make any $5 bet this week and get a $200 in free bets if your team wins. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with promo code TBPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See our show notes 
for details. All right, um, PLR. Who's the besides the Jazz? Do you have any other paper tigers besides I, the Jazz? I, I don't. The Jazz don't remind me of that. We believe Golden State Warrior team from back in the day. They just played. No one believed in them. They just played ball. Um, actually, if there if there was a team, I'd probably say Memphis outside of the Jazz. And I, I like the way they play, but I don't like the way they play. Sometimes they're too discombobulated at at in stretches. And they rely too much on on uh, one-on-one play and you get yours, I'll get mine. And even though it, it works because of the talent they have, sometimes I don't like the cohesiveness that they play with. The team that I worry about is New Orleans, to be perfectly honest with you. Um, if that team can, can just stay healthy for a stretch of seven games, because they have the weirdest freakish, you know, injuries, Ingram getting hit in the head or – Zion getting a Zion injury or, or there's always something. But if that team can just get healthy and stay healthy for about six, seven games and just really jail, they're scary because they have everything. They have shooting, inside play, rebounding. If you want a muscle, they have Valanchunas. If you want to run, they have Ingram. If you need a irritator, they got the little guy that comes off the bench. They have literally everything. So that team worries me the most. All right, uh, Voida, do you have another team that you think is a paper tiger among those top six? No, I think PLR and Zona hit them both. The Jazz and the Grizzlies are the two teams that I think can can fall in the standings. I haven't seen that in three years. So I don't think um, – I, I hate how the human body screws us over. I just hate that. I do. His body is screwing him over. And, and he would love to be out there and play great again, but it's just not cooperating. So if he comes back, great, and becomes himself again, great. But without Kawhi, they didn't even make the playoffs last year. They almost, they could have made a play, won the play-in game, but then um, Paul George got COVID. But still, the fact that they were even down at the play-in game shows you, to me, shows me that they're the paper tiger in that top six. All right. Let's move on to the next group. The 7 through 10 group is currently the Kings, the Warriors, the Timberwolves, and the Blazers. Now, I know everyone's going to say the Warriors are going to be the ones in the top six, so I'm going to go the opposite direction. Of the Kings, Warriors, Timberwolves, and Blazers, who by February is looking at whether they should tank for Wembenyana? Which of those four teams, Kings, Warriors, Wolves, Blazers, will start with PLR? The Blazers. And and here's why. Um, Dame is not going to be right again. And I think that their their window has gone. If you're just – if you have Dame Lillard and your hope is to play for a playing game, your hope is now gone. You, you don't have it anymore. And Anthony Simons is there is their future. Why not get ready to team him up with someone else? And and honestly, to be to be perfectly honest with you, everyone talks of trades. I think somehow Dame ends up a Laker. So um, I, I just think the time has come in the NBA, and we've seen this, and Dave and I are, are well, especially Dave, is significantly older than you guys. But there comes a time where um, the young guys just take over and the older guys are faded, are phasing out. And I think that's his time in the NBA. 
And so when you see those teams like that, it's time to go ahead and make that move like Utah did. And Portland has to be aggressive. And it's time to talk Dame into going somewhere else. So I see them being that team. Yeah, okay. So you're gonna call the Blazers be the one that falls out and has to look at how hard they're gonna how hard they're gonna tank for the lottery picks. Zona, you next. Who's falling out? So I don't think any of these teams necessarily want to tank. Uh, but if I had to pick one right now, it's gonna be the the Timberwolves without with Cat missing some time. I just think they're a little dysfunctional and I could see them uh, they're definitely not gonna tank because of how much they gave up for Gobert. They, they don't have any picks to use, so They'd be kind of screwed in that sense, but uh, but yeah, I think they're they're the team out of that group that I just I trust the least at this point because the Blazers have kind of held their own without with Dame missing time and Anthony Simons has made a, a pretty significant leap. Uh, Jeremy Grant's looked pretty decent there, so I think the Blazers could kind of hang around a little bit in that playing territory. Uh, but yeah, the Wolves I think are kind of uh, Dave, you're you all you're all over that uh, preseason. You know, you thought thank you. With how that was going to work, and it looks like you're right so far. Uh, and you know the cat injury. You know, I let me just jump in because I I I, I got to do it. I said before the season started, Anthony Edwards was going to flip out because there was no space for him to get in and score. And what did he say in the first two weeks of the season? How am I supposed to? Dunk? He has no dunks. He goes, "How am I supposed to dunk when there's five guys in the paint every time I look?" Yep. They and, are, and, and what is Anthony there. Edwards eating, right? <laughs> yeah. Cat is the last person who should be talking about conditioning to Anthony Edwards. But go ahead, Zona. Thanks. But uh, Yeah. So I think t- the Timberwolves would be my pick out of that group. I actually weirdly – I don't – I'm not going to say I believe in the Kings, but I think they're – they can make the play in. Uh, they, have, they have enough talent there, and they kind of have that good – good feeling like good vibes as the the vibe doctors around the world would say um so they're, they're a team i think that's could s- stick around the play in but there, i don't know there's gonna be a lot of fluctuation in these next few months the uh, david bailey put being in the middle sucks you're too good to be really good get a really good draft pick and usually not good enough to win when it matters or attract free agents the wolves managed to put themselves in an even worse position than that because they don't even have the middling pick left it's just oh nobody uh, made made no sense to have done that all right Voida. yeah i think the the issue with the wolves is now that cat is injured they're actually going to start to look good i mean they just beat memphis 109 to 101 a couple nights ago and they looked really good all of a sudden there was space for anthony edwards to navigate and you don't have carl anthony towns with his all of his uh, body language and tone out there on the court deterring this team from from being unsuccessful. And I think that from a chemistry standpoint, seeing as he's going to be out a little bit, uh, I think that they're actually going to stick around for at least a couple more months. I think they'll fall off at the back end of the season. Uh, but I'm with PLR. I really think it's the Blazers. Uh, Jeremy Grant is going to continue to play amazing. But I think that the supporting cast around Jeremy Grant and Anthony Simons isn't strong enough from a death standpoint. And I know that the Suns have lost twice to that team by one point. I know I cover both games for bright side, but I think that of those four teams, they're going to most likely end up falling out of the fray and a transaction will occur. I don't know if it'll be what PLR says and, and Damon's up in LA. It would make sense for both kind of parties involved because LA wants to get rid of that contract. They can probably 
uh, bring in Dame and and be rid of of Russell Westbrook's contract. So it, it might be something to keep an eye on. But I think that Portland, as we watch over these next this next month, the month of December, if Portland continues to play really bad basketball and just not winning games, they're kind of like the Rockets, right? They have an athletic team, but they have no defense whatsoever. So I don't know what it is about the Suns on losing to teams that have no defense, but for some reason, I think that Portland of they those get too four teams would fall out. They do. They just they don't have that killer mentality, and they they get they they get caught up in the pace of play of the opposition. The opposition oh. wants to get out and run, and, and they're gonna they're, they yeah. like to do it too. It's fun basketball, and they they kind of have the the West best record without a killer mentality. They actually have the agreed. best record against winning teams in the league. It's it's just they take nights off. You can't be perfect every night, and you think you can coast to a win. And it's against those subpar athletic teams that like to get out and run. Because yeah. for the Suns, they like to get out and run too. It's fun basketball. They don't have to be as methodical. So they're going to do it. And sometimes, as I mentioned at the top of the pod, when you do that to a young team or an athletic team, it, it de- develops their confidence in the game. They feel like, oh, man, we got a shot to win this game. And unfortunately, sometimes they end up doing so. You know what, Dave? Also, there's a difference in playing with confidence and playing with ego. And when they play the tougher teams – I think they play with confidence. When they play those teams, they play with ego. And it's like, even if we're doing this wrong, we're fine because in the back of our minds, we know who they are. And I think that's where they end up getting bit, you know, in, in the backside. Like, I, I, you guys keep making fun of me, but I'm telling you, when you're playing them young whippersnappers, man, you can't, you can't play them with ego. You got to play them uh, probably harder than you would some of the older veteran teams because you already know what you're going to expect from them. Whereas some guy that you've never heard of who was driving like with the Lakers driving Uber five weeks ago is hitting game winning shots. And those are the guys you you know, you take your eyes off of. So I think that's what happens with the sun sometimes. Well said. We need a whippersnappers watch count on the screen somewhere. (laughs) Yeah, no kidding. I think we're up to six now. Um, Yeah. Okay. So around the west the last thing i want to do is is there anyone who's currently out of playoff contention uh meaning they're not in the top 10 that will end up in the top six and that's the mavericks lakers thunder rockets and spurs will any of those end up in the top six by the end of the year put yourself on a limb right now we'll start with voida nope i think dallas will make the play-in game but i think that again they have it, it's 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 Luca and the Lucanaires or the Doncic. I don't know. I, the Lucanaires. The Lucanaires. You know. I mean, it's just he he's really his usage rate is through the roof. He does some amazing things, but you see him even struggle at the end of the games because he doesn't have the supporting cast around him consistently yeah. to win games. And unless they make a transaction, and, and and the Mavericks still don't know what that piece is. You know, you, you have Kristaps Porzingis. Granted, he was injured for a lot of time. But you, you bring in kind of an athletic big who can shoot. That didn't work. You bring in Spencer Dinwiddie, you know, a, 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 a Robin to Lucas Batman. That didn't necessarily work. They got to the Western Conference Finals, but it's not working this year. So I think that it's a team that they're going to uh, win some games. That's because but, Jalen Brunson Well, precisely. Robin. Precisely. They they trade or they let their, their Robin go away in free agency, and they're trying to pick up the pieces. And it's much akin to, like, Michael Jordan in the late 80s where he was so amazing and, and, and did so many things for that team, but he just didn't have the right assets around him to win actual games consistently. And I think that Luca is just as he's he going to be mentioned in that MVP conversation all the time because of all the stats that he puts up. 
But at the end of the day, the team's 10 and 11. And I, I see them hanging around 500 pretty much the whole season. So they will be a play-in team, but they're not going to break the top six. The talent's too deep in the Western Conference. Big Warthog says he thinks the Suns will play the Mavs in the first round because they'll make the they'll make the eighth seed. That's what he's guessing. Exactly. Bring it, Bring it on. All right, PLR, will – any of those bottom teams end up a top six, uh, mostly Mavericks and Lakers. Being if the- they will, it would be the Lakers if there was a team. And honestly, when I, I don't care what people say about Russ, the way he's playing coming off the bench right now, he's playing good basketball. And if you have, if, and I love the word if, if Bron and AD can stay healthy, they are good enough together to get a run, a good enough run together, and you saw this last night against Milwaukee, to push them into the top. Will they do it? I don't know because I don't think either one of them will stay healthy long enough. But if there was a team to do it, that's it. About the Mavericks, honestly, I know everyone is on this Luka narcotic. Maybe I'm the only person that's not. To me, it's the same team that the Houston ran, Houston ran with James Harden. Same offense, same talent, same person. I know he's special. I get that. But I'm not on that narcotic like a bunch of people in this valley are. Uh, so I, I don't see them doing anything more than what they're doing right now. Just like James hasn't learned how to play with other people, Luca just getting him talent means nothing. He has to learn how to play with other people and learn how to come off the ball and maybe get in just a little bit better shape and lay off lunches before a game. So, um, but to answer your question specifically, it would be the Lakers. All right. So you're going to say Lakers. Boyda says Maver- neither and uh, Mavericks might make the play in. What do you think, Zona? So uh, first I just want to say my preseason prediction on Dallas looks pretty good right now. I need to go back and clip that because I, uh, when we were doing that mega pod with everyone, uh, I remember me and Ethan were the ones that were very low on, on Dallas. And, you know, that, that was a team I picked to, I think at the time I said play in game where a lot of people had them as like a top six seed. Some people had them as high as four. I remember preseason and I just didn't get the hype there. Losing Brunson was a huge loss. Luca's going to do everything and you just can't rely on one guy over the course of a, a season. You know, as long as this is, because, you know, if Luca misses any time, that team is, that team might need a, to tank for Wemby. Uh, that's how bad I think that team would be with, without him. So I, I think Dallas is a team that's, it wouldn't shock me if they missed the playoffs. Honestly, it, w- it would not shock me. That's that's how low I am on them, and uh, it's it's not just me being a salty Suns fan from Game Seven. Yeah, so. yeah. Here's my problem on the Dallas thing: is this is Jason Kidd's mo for you know Jason Kidd has been a head coach three different times now. By oh. year two, his teams have tuned him out. There's just something about his demeanor. That team that the players eventually, especially the, the you know these the younger guys, they're all younger than Jason Kidd, but they just tune him out. He has he's a grating personality. Um, you know, we think he's quirky and funny in the in the press conferences sometimes, but um, he's just not. He's he's a guy that event you eventually tunes you out. I mean, he had Giannis in Milwaukee. He he coached in in <clears throat> in Brooklyn with the Nets. And he tuned, he got all those those teams to just tune him out. So that's my that's why I think Dallas is not going to recover from this. If they do, great. But um, Christian Wood was not the dude to acquire, and Jason Kidd already hates him. 
hates him. Won't play him in any key moments. And then when he does, he's he's basically ruined Christian Woods um, any any chance he had at, at confidence because the dude is a sieve defensively in the fourth quarter. And Jason Kidd's not doing anything to fix that. So that's why I think the Mavericks are going to struggle. I think Luka gets them 40 wins. Does that get them in the 10th seed? Maybe. But that's about it. The uh, Dallas went backwards, and they didn't do anything to fix it. Now, last year, they had the same problem, similar problem, in that they only had two ball handlers. They needed a third. They picked up Spencer Dimwitty. Boom, they were fine. Maybe that'll happen again. Maybe they'll make a trade again. But as currently constructed, Dallas is going to struggle to make the ninth or tenth seed. I have zero confidence in the Lakers. When your fourth best player is Austin Reeves, you're not making the plan, guys. Um, I don't care how good Anthony Davis and LeBron James are. As PLR said, they are not going to stay healthy um, long enough for them to win this, um, to even get into strong playoff position and, and be a top six. I just don't think so. Um, but, you know, power, more power to AD becoming AD again, uh, which is funny. Um, let's let we're going to we're going to transition to do, do the Suns have a second all star on their team uh, in, in right now. But right before I do that, I'm going to say Anthony Davis is doing really well. And he's a guy who knows how to get himself to the line. He knows how to draw those fouls. He throws himself down. He. He's very dramatic out there, uh, but he's also extremely good. And that's why I'm worried that him and LeBron are both going to get voted into the All-Star game as starters, even though their team will be the 12th seed. And that's pretty sad. Um, all right, let's transition. Do the Suns have two All-Stars? Now, almost always, let me say it the opposite way, almost never does the top team in a conference go without getting two All-Stars in the all-star game let's recap quickly how the voting goes you got the fans get um, the fans players and media get to pick the starters by percentages right fans get 50 percent of the vote media and players get another 50 percent together that's just the starting five then the coaches like monty williams choose the bench which is up to seven more players and there needs to be an even mix between forwards and guards. Um, well, actually, there's six forwards being picked. There's four guards being picked and then two wild cards that could be either a forward or a guard. But guards generally are so good in the in the league that guards usually get the, those last two spots. So it'll be about a six and six. Coaches will pick basically three or four guards and three or four forwards. Um, and so I'm talking about that group because the Suns are only going to have one starter in the game. If lucky, if they're lucky, they'll get one starter and that's Devin Booker. But I doubt it because I think all the other, there's too many other really deep fan bases. They're going to outvote um, Suns fans. And so Booker will be the first Booker's the new Dame Lillard where he's going to get the first coach's pick because he can't get picked for the for the starting unit because of guys like Steph Curry and Luka Doncic. That's fine. That's totally fine. So besides Devin Booker, do the Suns have a second All-Star? And again, I say, almost never does a one seed or even a two seed get only one All-Star. Coaches always go, man, that team is too freaking good. I'm going to name a second guy. Almost always does it happen. Almost never are you left with only one all-star as, as a top seed? So given that, let's assume the Suns have a one or two seed in the West. 
by late January when the coaches are picking. That's the assumption I'm making. Devin Booker, coaches are sitting there with their little spreadsheet in front of them. They're picking the reserves. They've already picked Devin Booker. Will they pick a second all-star for the Phoenix Suns, and who will that be and why? And we're going to start with Zona. Well, I mean, if they're a one or two seed, then, and we're assuming that, you know, Aiden and, and Bridges are both healthy. Uh, I think it's obviously those are the two uh, front runners in terms of who's going to get that. But uh, I, I'm going to lean no, but I would love to be proven wrong because if DeAndre can stay healthy and he's already missed some time and had that slow start to the season. So as of right now, I don't think he's an all-star, but he needs to go out and prove it. And if he can have another stretch like he's been having recently, then and the Suns are still winning, I think he's the most likely of him and Mikel just because of, you know, the counting stats and like the, the monster 30-20 game he had. And uh, just if he can continue to put up big numbers, then he would probably be the, the safer pick of the two. But I think – if any team's going to be a one seed and only have one all-star, it would be the Suns. So that's it's kind of like that, that's where I'm at right now. I'm going to lean with Booker being the only one that makes it. All right, you're leaning Booker only. Voida. Uh, it's interesting. So if you if you pull out your little spreadsheet and you're one of the coaches who's going to just look at the statistics only and you look at today – DeAndre Ayton today, seventh in the league, in the Western Conference, I'm sorry, seventh in the Western Conference relative to scoring amongst starting centers. You look at his rebounding, he's 10th in the league. So he's 7-10 and 10 in points and rebounds. But if you look at the last two weeks, he's fourth in, in total points, and from a rebounding perspective, he's second. So he's on an upward trajectory. So if he continues this, if he continues this level of play, I think he's a shoe-in for the All-Star game, in my opinion. I don't know if Laurie Markkinen or, or DeMontis Sabonis, Vita Zubac, like those guys, no, it's, it's DeAndre Ayton, but he's got to continue this upward trajectory and the acceptance of the fact that, and backing up the fact that he said, like, I'm the, I, I'm the one who sets the tone on this team. If he owns that, he is an all-star. He play, he's been playing at all-star level for the past two weeks. So I think that, yes, Suns get two all-stars. It's D-Book, it's DeAndre Ayton. All right, so you're saying DeAndre Ayton for the second all-star. Correct. PLR. Dave, I'm going to break this down like a fraction for you. You want AD and LeBron to start because if they start, that frees up that second person, which can then be DeAndre Aiden. If they are not starters and Wiggins, for example, ends up a starter because the backcourt is going to be Morant and Curry or Morant and Doncic or Curry and Doncic because, like I said, even on this show a long time ago too, they're YouTubable. Devin is not a YouTubable player. You don't rush home to see Devin Booker shoot 15 footers. Now, I'm not saying that's a good thing, but you want to see the high flying, <clears throat> excuse me, the high flying stuff, and that that helps fans vote. But if you get a Wiggins in as a starter, the way that AD is played, the way that Bron is played, and the fact that it's his 20th year, they will be voted in as reserves. If they get voted in as reserves, now DA has no shot. So, yes, I do think there will be only one in, in Booker. But it can be DA if the fans go fanboy on us like we want them to do. And, and that opens up the spot. 
Okay, so here I'm going to break it down too. And thank you, PLR, you're right. We do want both AD and LeBron to be voted into the starting lineup so the coaches don't have to pick them, assuming health. I think that's, that's, a, that's a very valid, good observation. The other two guaranteed, well, one other guaranteed. Okay, again, there has to be at least six forwards, at least six for, uh, big men, of which Aiden is one, right? So at least six big men. You've got guaranteed to be in there. You're going to have Nikola Jokic, and um, that's about the only guaranteed, guaranteed big man. Then you've got Anthony Davis and LeBron James. Let's say those are your front line that are voted in by the fans. So who's left? You got Paul George, almost certainly be voted in. These are coaches. Coaches always go with who they pick last year. They do. They just do. So let's assume Paul George. That's four big men right there. Who's left? Zion Williamson, Brandon Ingram, uh, and then what? DeMontis Sabonis? And then Laurie Markkinen. Um, so you've got to get two more big men. Do you do Zion Williamson and Brandon Ingram as the two Pelicans forwards over? Do the coaches pick two Pelicans um, to the All-Star game as reserves over picking a second Phoenix Sun? Do you pick Laurie Markkinen? No, you're not going to. You don't scheme against Laurie Markkinen. It's the guys who you scheme against. The big thing is it might have been Carl Anthony Towns or Rudy Gobert, but Rudy, his days of being picked for the All-Star game, I think, are done. And Carl Anthony Towns is done because he's got the calf injury, so he's not going to make it. So I really do think that you're going to be you're going to be down to do you pick a second Phoenix Sun at forward at big, or do you pick two Pelicans? That's what I think it's down to. And it might go those two Pelicans being the, the, the fifth and sixth forward being picked, but or big man being picked. But if Aiton continues this and he averages 18 to 20 and 10 to 12 for the next 25 games, or actually it'll be about 15 games before the voting is done, 20 games before the voting is done, I think Aiton might get in. But here's our wrinkle. Our wrinkle is the coaches might just punt – and if Car- if Chris Paul gets healthy again and plays even at his you know ten points ten assists level that he was earlier this year, and the Suns are still the number one seed, there's going to default to give Chris Paul another All Star bid. But if Chris Paul plays a little bit worse than that, um, I do think DeAndre Ayton gets the second pick over two Pelicans being picked for the uh, for the reserves. That's that's I, that's what I think it's down to. Um, but I think ultimately it's going to be tough. None of the none of the Phoenix Suns are shoehorn fits into easy fits into being um, a second All Star besides Devin Booker. It's going to be very tough. You're forgetting someone, Dave. With Carl Anthony Towns out, Anthony Edwards' production over the next few weeks will go through the roof. Yeah, but he's not and a he's not a forward. He is, That's he, the thing. I, is that? You have to pick six forward? forward. No, he's a guard. Okay, I thought they had him as a forward. I apologize because if I'm production... wrong, then go for it. Or if they move Luca into the forwards, then all this blows up. But uh, yeah, Luca's they, been they, a guard. Anthony Edwards is, is a guard. The because the NBA will do whatever they have to do position wise to put as many 
They're not um, gonna. They're not gonna work it for Anthony Edwards. They'll give. A but shit they no. Him. But they worked it before for other players. My point is, you guys keep laughing. I'm telling you, the league sees the change coming. The change is coming for the young guys. They want young, exciting guys with exposure. You can keep laughing at me with my whippersnappers, but the league is slowly starting to understand. We only have so much more LeBron. We only have so much more uh, of of Chris Paul. We only have so much more of these older guys. We got to get these young guys showcased. No, that's fine, and that's why the guards are going to get the two wild card spots. And you're, I, I think you're you're probably right, Anthony Edwards is going to have a better shot at the All Star game now than he did a week ago when he hadn't had a dunk all season and was barely scoring. I get it, but that'll be in the guard group. I'm I'm just talking among the forwards. Um, there's 20 games or 15 to 20 games to go until the actual voting is finalized. So I think, um, it's going to be tough, but I think as far as chances for the Suns, DA, then Chris Paul, then Mikel Bridges, as far as chances for the Suns to get that, that last spot. And DA is going to have to play like the seven straight double doubles guy for the next 20 games, not the nine and six guy from last night. Stay out of foul trouble. That's been his one Achilles heel this year. Every time he's in foul trouble, he has a poor stat line. Yep. All right. So um, they, we're over an hour in. So I think it's time to make uh, our announcement. Um, I want to say how much I appreciate all of you guys who have been with me on the solar panel for six years now. All of you fans, all of you viewers everybody who's been following the solar panel and following me um coughing and 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 talking into this microphone for the last six years i need to retire from podcasting this is my last this is my last episode and i really appreciate john boyda and plr and zona for being with me on this final episode i appreciate all of you guys in the chat for being here again on a random Saturday while the U.S. is being knocked out of the World Cup, at least in the first half anyway. I appreciate you've been here this whole time. Um, you guys, it was a tough transition a year ago, a little over a year, year and a half ago, when Espo and Saul went to go start their own network. They've done an excellent job at PHNX. That is a really cool, fun network. They do it the way they want to do it. I do things a little bit differently. So I've been, um, uh, you know, doing my own show here for the past year. And I was lucky enough to have Zona uh, join up with me. I've had a great time. But it gets it gets to be a grind after a while. And I've still got Brightside. I've still got the my regular job. Uh, and so I think and, and frankly, you know what, PLR? Your mention of whippersnappers this whole episode has been prescient. This is now a game. Podcasting is more of a game for whippersnappers anyway. Guys like Voida, guys like Zona, guys like uh, the Timeline guys, PHNX, they're, they're halfway to whippersnapper. They're not quite all the way there, but they're, they're halfway there. Um, you guys have a lot of great options out there. A lot of great options. You're not going to miss me at all. I know you're not. And if you do, just, you know, read my stuff on Bright Side of the Sun. But I, I want to say thank you to everybody who's been around this whole time. I really appreciate everything you guys have done to support me in my podcasting efforts. And um, I, I will miss you. 
but I won't, uh, you know, I won't miss the grind of it. So um, uh, thank you everybody for being here. Zona, do you want to tell us what you're going to be doing next? Because I don't think you're going to carry on solar panel either, right? Yeah. So first off, just want to thank Dave for inviting me to, to join him on the show. It's been a little over a year now, I think. Uh, it's been it's been a lot of fun. And, uh, you know, not only everything he's done for the Suns on, on the podcast side of things, but just bright side of the sun. You know, I think a lot of people can take that for granted, how much of a grind that is behind the scenes. Uh, he does a great job running that that blog and then this podcast in addition to that and you know all the coverage he's done uh you know owe him a lot for just taking a chance for me to not only write for brightside but just you know join this podcast so uh, and you see all the the fans he has here like that you know the the regulars that show up um, mm -hmm. every Saturday morning when they could be doing anything else and that just speaks volumes to what he's built here so uh major shout out to Dave King I will not be carrying on a uh, solar panel. I'll actually be joining, uh, lo rejoining locked on suns with uh, Brendan clean. So, uh, you know, you can find me over there, but, uh, again, just want to give a huge like shout out to, to Dave for just, you know, there's countless people that w would say the same thing. So I actually have a couple quick videos here from some people. Um, we're going to start with Mr. Tim Tompkins. Dave King provided so many of us, including myself, with the opportunity to serve a team who has given us so much. Dave was always unwavering in his hospitality when I came to visit Phoenix. He would buy dinners. He would provide lower level uh, tickets to Suns games. But most of all, he provided his companionship, his friendship, and his time. Above all, though, Dave reached out when he knew that I was confronted with grief. He was patient with my rants and always listened with an open mind to my often opposing points of view. The Suns community is stronger for his unwavering commitment and unrelenting work ethic. And then we got a couple wow. from, uh, yeah, I don't think Dave had any idea. I just kind of uploaded. No, I didn't. Last, last night, uh, try to keep it hidden in the stream yard. Uh, here's a, uh, Got some from Kellen Olson and Gerald Borgay as well that we'll play right now. Hey there, it's Kellen Olson checking in live from the arena. As you can tell by the lack of quality audio and the songs playing in the background, uh, wishing Dave a happy podcast retirement. Man, I it's funny I'm recording this from this seat because I wouldn't be in this seat without Dave. Uh, for those that don't know, I started at brightsideofthesun.com. I was just a kid completing his communications degree at the University of Arizona trying to get a writing opportunity somewhere and Dave was generous enough to give me one of the spots that they were looking uh, to add at brightsideofthesun.com and then I continued to write an inordinate amount and I can't tell you guys how much uh, of a difference it is to have someone like Dave who is always open to any sort of ideas that you have and is always open to the, the quantity that, that I would want to write because I was just this hungry kid trying to crack it in the business, trying to get a, a byline anywhere, to be honest, and it's tough for someone like me who didn't have internships or anything like that. But that's a great thing about SB Nation and brightsideofthesun.com and Dave specifically giving opportunities to kids like me. And look at where we are now, not too shabby, seven years, eight years. I want to say, I want to say nine years later. Uh, that, that was man, in my last year of college. It was quite a long time ago. But uh, Dave, hope you get what you want out of, out of this entire situation, the podcast game. I don't think I'm leaving it anytime soon, but I'm sure you had 
as much fun as I did over over the time and uh, look forward to seeing what's next for you, pal. See ya. Dave King, the legend. Well, I'm bummed to hear that you're stepping away from podcasting as someone who's been covering the Suns for even longer than I have, who's been there every step of the way during their miserable seasons and their playoff drought, and who was kind enough to show me the ropes in the media room when I first got there. You have always been a pleasure to cover Suns games with, and I wish you nothing but the best moving forward. Yeah, and I wow. try to get Thank Monty you. Williams too. Uh, didn't, didn't work that one out, but... <laughs> Monty Williams. He doesn't even know my name. He knows my face. He doesn't, probably doesn't even know my name. Um, yeah, no, so just to be clear, I'm still going to be covering Suns games. I'm still going to be going to the games. I'm going to be working bright side of the sun, all that. That's not going away. It's just this little solar panel. We might have reunion shows every once in a while, right? I mean, every maybe every quarter mark, something like that. You know, uh, the seven seconds or less guys uh, would have those those reunion shows every once in a while. We might do something like that, too. But as a regular thing, um, it's just it's been fun. It's been great. And I really appreciate everyone uh, for the time they've given us. Thank you so much. Um, any any other final thoughts um, and about the anything at all? Uh, PLR. Well, just because you're not doing uh, radio doesn't mean we still can't be two dirty old men in the summertime <laughs> in Vegas for summer league. So I want to go ahead and get that get that out there. He just so needs because is... it's hot, so we get sweaty. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> but yo, man, I appreciate it. I mean. Uh, it's always cool to hang with you guys, and I've always appreciated the offers. That's always been one of my highlights when I could hang with you. Now, I'm going to say this, Dave. I'm going to treat this like a boxer's fake retirement, that itch will come back, and you're going to get back in this ring because you're not going to let me be the only lone dude still doing this stuff with these young whippersnappers. So go ahead. Enjoy the time with your wife. Enjoy the vacation. Enjoy your Saturday mornings, and by the time the playoffs get ready to rev up, get your old ass back on, put that logo back up, and let's get rocking. <laughs> Thanks, bro. Thank you, man. It's a nice what? logo, ain't it? Nice logo. You know the the, the pod father. Yeah. So, well, how do we know? How do you? Why do you think it's a nice logo? Oh, I des- I designed it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You know, but it's it's the Suns Podfather here. You know, Dave King been doing it for like you said six years. Think of how many families have been neglected on Saturday mornings because of Dave King. <laughs> Think about that. Think how many chores and honey do list things were not accomplished because of Dave King. But you know, in all seriousness, seriousness, you see it kind of across the board with everybody who's contributed with their thoughts. You know, m- myself included. You know, the, the Suns Jam Session podcast would not exist if Dave King hadn't reached out to me when. Matthew and I were just kind of a, we were the solar report podcast and you reached out to me and you're like, Hey, you guys kind of do a consistent thing here. Would you like to uh, join the bright side of the sun podcast feed? Would you like to write for bright side? Uh, at that time I had my own little blog going. Cause I just, I like to write about the Phoenix suns and you know, you took a chance on us and I'm, I'm forever in debt to the fact that you're, you're caring and you're nice enough to reach out. And you know, you weren't mean about it. You weren't like, Oh, solar report. You stole our name. Like, I didn't know what I was doing. I was just trying to, you know, have some fun and, and do a little thing on the side. And and you're you've always been kind and gracious. And 
yeah, Saturday mornings are going to be a. Now I have to do some things on Saturday mornings. I'm going to have to like hang Christmas lights or something or mow the lawn. So I actually, I'm kind of pissed at you for for giving me some chores and tasks, but it, it's well deserved, my friend. We know, you know, maybe you can pop on a couple away games because you won't be at the arena on, on those Suns Jam session post game pod or something, you know, because, you know, Suns fans, Dave ain't going away. You're just not going to hear his voice as much as before, but you can always read his outstanding writing at brightsideofthesun.com. So appreciate you, Dave. And it's an honor to be on this last show with you. Oh, thank you guys. And thank you again, everybody who's in the chat today, everyone who showed up. You guys are my regulars. Love you all. Um, I'm not going anywhere. I'm just going away from Saturday mornings. That's all. So thanks, everyone. And for the final time, we're going to sign off here. I appreciate everything you guys have done. And uh, let's go, sons.